Drop your socks and grab your crocs. It's that movie time again. I'm Van Connor. This is Off Screen. I'm joined this week by my most favouritest of guests. She's so good. She's perfect. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Perfect. Don't tell the other guests that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not very good at keeping secrets. So, no. <laughs> big movies to come. Uh, we got uh, we, we got Midsummer. We got Vida in Virginia. We got uh, After. We're talking the aftermath. We got After. We've got Goldeneye thrown in there for good measure. We're even going to talk Goldeneye. So yeah, how, how awesome is it to talk about Goldeneye? So I know. All that to come and more off screen. Stick around. Hello and welcome to Off Screen. So, Bex, have you seen anything interesting this week? Anything Do you know attention? what? I, I don't think I've I've had quite the reaction from friends ever when watching a horror movie than when I've <laughs> sent them to go and watch Midsummer. Good and God. bear in mind that I did this with my radio team and I thought they were going to watch Toy Story. Oh. And I got a text probably about four hours later going, we changed our mind. <laughs> we watched Midsummer. What have you done to us? Oh God, love them. It's going to be insane. I imagine, I imagine not being prepared for it. You and I were because obviously we... We, we, we did a little bit of research yeah, in, in we, the lead up to it. We watched Hereditary. We I, looked at the, I looked at the runtime and groaned. <laughs> was like why but then was actually like this is fine save it for the review all perfect. right you all save right. it for that review <laughs> speaking of you weren't here last week we got to talk no. about uh spider-man far from home yes and jo- johnny was in last week and johnny's not a superhero guys we well oh, know i i very much know that <laughs> <laughs> what did he take his I mean, daughter to marvel day at disney world yeah he said the only thing that ruined it was all the superheroes around <laughs> and i was like well you picked the wrong time in the calendar <laughs> you know, the wrong time in the evolution of cinema that too you know, there's that there's that in the, in the evolution of popular cinema anyway so yeah did you enjoy spider-man far do you know what? I, I have to say, I really did. Yeah. I am being, a, I'm getting a little bit controversially exhausted by all the superhero movies that are out How there. How dare you? you I know, me. I know, but there are so many. And what I love is kind of more of the underdog characters that are mm. coming out. So I love the Ant Man movies. Yeah, um, you're a Deadpool girl, clearly. You're gonna, I, you're of Deadpool. course, I'm a Deadpool girl. Yeah. Um, and I love Spider Man because I think this reincarnation of Spider Man is the best. Okay, I think so. he's playing the underdog bit very really nice but without yeah. being a loser. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, Tobey Maguire was great, but we always knew he was like 20 yeah. years too old. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a 45-year-old man. I know, it was so part. weird. Andrew Garfield was kind of uh, getting there. But Tom Holland, I think he, although a little bit older, mm. plays the 16-year-old kid so well. He really does. I mean, yeah. he is kind of baby-faced anyway. He but, is. Uh, and he's kind of, he's so like good-looking and likeable for that age group that, you know, if I was a 16-year-old girl, I'd be totally crushing on him. Like, oh, I'm reliably told that he is popular with his age demographic, with, with that yeah. specific character age demographic. And he so. nails that American accent He does, so it's effortless, well. isn't it? It is really effortless. In fact, I think when he's, he, I saw him on like Graham Norton or something, and he was saying how when he um, gets asked to act, he can only act in an American accent. Should we? So obviously, we can say things about Spider-Man that Johnny couldn't with me last week. Yeah. A I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. So, tell you what, we've got another clip different to the one we played last week. Should we have a clip of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Peter Parker sort of bonding? Yeah. Let's, let's let's have some of that. I like you, Peter. You're a good kid. There's a part of me that wants me to tell you just turn around, run away from all this, and then there's another part of me that knows what we're about to fight, what's at stake. And I'm glad you're here. Me too. But you're worried about your friends. Yeah. Just always feel like I'm putting them in danger. Look, just get them inside and keep them in a safe place for just a few hours and they'll be all right. It's really nice. 
have somebody to talk to about superhero stuff, you know? Anytime. I'm a really big fan of him in this. Which one? Oh, oh, oh of, of, of Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Yeah. I actually really like this uh, this incarnation of Mysterio. It's, it plays a bit Agents of Shieldy. Like the whole thing does feel yeah. like a, a two part TV episode, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, and the twists and all that kind of stuff yeah, that kind of comes into it is good. Yeah, yeah I, I I liked it. I like Jake Gyllenhaal in general. Um, <laughs> he's probably my older lady crush. Is it? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I've been a massive fan. Like Donnie Darko was amazing. He picks and chooses his roles really, really carefully, and I think it shows. And doesn't go too Hollywood too often, does it? No, and it's in. I thought it was really interesting that he's stepping into the Marvel universe for this, mm. but I think he does it really, really well. And I like how he kind of pushes the boundaries with his character. He does go a little bit. I think it kooky. starts off with maximum charm yeah. and then goes a bit generic towards the end. I yeah, think. I suppose but that's fair enough. I, yeah. I, I I do think so, but I think the bonding between him and uh, Tom Holland's character of Peter Parker works really, it's really nicely. Good, it? Yeah, it's really good, and that I think that clip shows it really well because mm. um, it brings it away from all of that wham bam action to those more sort of softer moments. It which is I a think bit of a teen father son kind of a drama, isn't it? It's about a kid and and do you know what? I think fundamentally, this this movie is a it's it's a Spider Man movie first. It's a Marvel movie second, in my view, and yeah. also. It's it plays to that kind of teen comedy yeah. really really well. So we've got everything in this movie from a quirky teen romance uh, between which one? <laughs> uh, well, no, oh, okay. So obviously there's there's Peter Parker and Zendaya, and this is what I love is like you've got like a 16 year old who essentially is like you're going on a school trip with all of your mates. What do you want to do as a 16 year old? You basically want to talk to the girl you've got a big crush on. Mm. You also want to hang out with your buddies, but what you don't want to do is have to have your spidey senses switched on the whole time. And, and this is the whole also, kind you of mean turmoil. The, the Peter Tingle. The, the Peter, Peter Tingle. The yeah. Peter Tingle. Um, yeah, I love I love the Peter Tingle, um, and I love the reaction to all of that. So if you haven't seen that yet, it's something to look forward to. A lot of fun with this cast as well. On, on top of, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, the school teachers, Martin Starr yes. and JB Smooth. Yeah, and they're a, so kooky, aren't they? They really, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> Apparently, that was written for JB Smooth, and I can absolutely believe it because it is just yeah. JB Smooth turning up and being JB Smooth. Like, why am I watching this? And leaves. <laughs> you know, I, I love that, uh, and I, I was a fan of Martin Starr in the first movie as well. Yeah. He had a couple of really great games about how kids, kids kids kept dying on school trips. <laughs> that was one, one gag that I really enjoyed. But I think this is a great follow-up to Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I really do as well. Yeah. And I think, you you know, people are going to be like, well, what can follow? What could possibly follow Endgame? Well, mm. do you know what? Nothing was ever going to follow it and set the world alight, was a vacation. it? That's how you, a, a that's vacation. That's how you follow Endgame. Yeah. You go on vacation. And uh, that is literally what Spider-Man And do done. you know what? The links through to Endgame on this are mm. brilliant. I'm going to talk about the first pre-credit sequence. Or maybe it's the pre-credits, but it's uh. the... The, it's the homage. Yes. The, wit- the Whitney homage is all yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, that, that's a Deadpool-level needle drop. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it is. And I think that kind of sets the scene really nicely for this movie and the tone of what you expect. And to be honest, we were both in the same screening for mm-hmm. this. It was mm-hmm. packed. There were belly laughs left, right, oh, and centre. Yeah. So even if you are a massive Marvel fan and you're thinking, this isn't going to live up to expectation, blah, 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 take it for what it is. Mm. It's a really it's good... A yeah, know. teen fun romp comedy you know through through lots of great European locations of course you know what it actually is don't you uh oh it is a superhero reworking of the 1991 Richard Grieco teen spy comedy If Looks Could Kill slash Teen Agent sometimes your weird random film knowledge <laughs> really baffles me. it had Roger Daldry in it <laughs> how man how did you just pick that out of your brain Roger Daldry yeah. I loved that movie 
he had sneakers that he could walk up walls with and he drove a Ferrari. It was it was Do you know what? I've got I've got a link to Roger Daltrey as well. Huh? Yeah. Go on. My dad used to go fishing with him. I thought you were gonna say your dad is Richard Daltrey. No. Oh uh, Roger Daltrey. <laughs> Roger Daltrey. <Sorry>. Richard. No, <laughs> no, no. Just a fishing buddy. <laughs> Many moons ago. <laughs> but still, I'll take that. <laughs> that's fair. If you had a rock star pedigree as well, that's just that's just unfair wow. now. Um, <laughs> seriously, look up if looks could kill slash teenager. It was a very fun film. Okay. Very I will fun. do. I I'll enjoyed add that it. to my my uh, list of other great things that I need to watch that you have recommended that I haven't Nashed, watched. but fun. <laughs> yeah. But fun, we'll say. That, that, is an, uh, that is a phrase often associated with some of the films you recommend Yes, yes it is. It definitely is. <laughs> That's fine. I Go after my own heart. Do you know what I watched actually this week that was, that was naff but fun? I watched that new Shaft movie on Netflix. So I got really confused over this. I, I thought it was coming out on general release. Didn't really uh-huh. hear anything yep. about it. Then it just sort of passed by on Netflix. But actually, you know, from a reviewer's point of view, I was like, where's the cinema release where's, where's the premiere where is Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> yeah where, where's this press tour that we knew was where is Nick rock? Fury that's all we wanted to yeah. ask him on the premiere line but uh, oh, I, do you know I had a lot of fun with it it was very it was a bit basic okay um, a little bit sort of that millennial v old school comedy that is powered Snoop the Dogg in it? men in black things. I don't remember Snoop Dogg specifically turning up in it but yeah. uh, actually quite a low key cast it was like Regina Hall Jesse Usher Richard Roundtree comes back Sam Jackson's back obviously and yeah it's not quite up to the level of having like you know Jeffrey Wright and Christian Bale from the last one. I mean, yeah, that was, that was awesome. But uh, yeah, it was, I, I had a good time with it. Well, it was that's like good. basic. Another but fun. well, good little recommendation for Netflix. Can't go wrong with that. Exactly. So yeah, yeah if you've got Netflix and you want something to watch, check out check out Shaft check out 2K19, Shaft. Uh, directed by Tim Story. Uh huh. Only uh, only black man to have directed uh, three franchises completely in the 20th, 21st century. Well, that is brilliant to hear. And directed uh, and written uh, by the man who created Black. Uh, Kenyan oh, Harris. amazing, yeah. amazing. So uh, let's, uh, let's, take, let's take a beat and we'll come back. We'll do some reviews. Let's get on the cinema Let's thing. do it. And we're back. Hello, Miss Perfect. Should we talk some uh, some reviews? Yeah, let's now? do it. And I think you're going to enlighten me with our first review. Uh, indeed, <laughs> quite indeed. badly. I, I have absolutely no clue what this next film is. Yeah, about. this is annoying as well because like Spider Man came out on Tuesday yeah. the second. So as part of the whole seven day entertainment guide thing that we do, we had to include it last week. Yeah. But we've talked about it again, so we're good. We're good. Technically good. So let's talk about something. This is out. Uh, this is out today. This is Friday, July the fifth. Uh, Vita and Virginia from director Chanya Button. It stars Gemma Austin and Elizabeth Bicky. Oh, yeah, it's an okay. interesting pairing. Then. Yeah, Debicki's kind of on the rise at the minute, isn't she? And Gemma Arterton's kind of stepped back a bit. She has. Isn't so she? Are, they, are they balancing each other out? I think that's what it is. <laughs> filling, one is filling the other's void, as so to speak. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll try not to go there. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Beca- because this is uh, a love story. This is a love story of uh, Vita Sattville West and Virginia Woolf, played by wow. Arterton and Debicki, respectively. And it is one of those of the time, the two ladies of society, the uh, the uh, you know tunnel-visioned, lust-fueled bond that existed between them. I've got a clip to kind of... This, this clip might show you something about like where I went wrong with this movie, because let's see if you can pick okay. it up in this clip. Are you going to write for us? No one has ever yet thrown down a glove I was not ready to pick up. I'm meeting Harold in Italy. On the peaks of mountains and beside green lakes, I shall write my story. I'll shut my ears to the brawling rivers. I'll shut my nose to the scent of the pines. I'll concentrate on my story. For you. Yeah, can you hear it? Can you hear what the what the issue might be right there? Well, uh, for me, the issue is I probably need to go to the old Vic to go and watch this. 
This does right. not sound... I, I was going to ask you, mm. why is this flown under the radar? Right. But that clip mm. kind of explains everything to me. Yeah. It's, is it a play? Well, yes and no, actually. Partly mm. you could do this as a play. It might be better off as a play because it has a very specific tone. Yeah. And that tone is a bit out there. That tone's a bit plunkett in the clean, oh, so right. to speak. Okay. Yeah. And it does... And the performances work to that tone. And the writing works to that tone. However... They've simply left too much of the film in there. They needed to chop this one the hell down. Why? How long is it? Well, it's about an hour 50-something. Yeah. But it, it's so laboured at times that it kills that tone because the direction of it is quite pedestrian. It's quite stilton. It's quite unimaginative. Do you know what? It it sounded, mm. just then, really dry. It, it is a bit. And yet it has, like, club music and an anachronistic soundtrack and things like <gasps> Do that. Do you not think that's a bit sort of cliche? Like, you know, it's a bit try-hard. It is a bit. And it's fine. You, know, you can get away with doing that when you're Baz Luhrmann doing Great Gatsby. Yeah. Less yeah. so when you're, you know, Chanya Button doing an, uh, a Virginia Woolf. And, and Chanya Button reminds me. Who, so, who is? And remind our lovely audience who probably <laughs> don't know who the hell Chanya Button is. You've got me now, because I know that Chanya Button directed oh, a I've big movie. You See, you can deliver. Yeah. Really random film knowledge. But when it's needed, but when I it's know needed. I'm useless. Yeah, I'm useless so I don't need to know if this is like <laughs> movies from the 80s or 90s. No, Shania Button was about two years ago, and the film was... I was burn, burn, burn. About the two girls driving across in the in the estate, in the car. Yeah, no clue. No, okay. Okay, it good. Not, I don't remember too much about it, but I'm quite enjoying it. It was 2015. Okay. So Bear in mind, and I know you probably see double the amount that I see, but the amount of movies that we both have to watch each and every week. Yeah. 2015 is a long that was, distant yeah. memory. Do you know what happens to me a lot with British, uh, what I call like uh, Brit- British kitchen sink dramas, you know, contemporary yeah, yeah, ones yeah, that yeah. are always on council estates? Like, I have watched... Fish Tank. That kind of movie, right? I've watched about 150 of them in the last, say, three years. Yeah. Could not pick one of them out of a lineup. No, but no. you could pick Fish Tank out, like Andrea Arnold. Come on, that there's, one's... There's ones that stick out. Like, Fish Tank is one. Yeah. I, Daniel Blake, obviously sticks Obviously, out. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's ones like that every now and again, but otherwise it's... But you know what? I, I put that together. with scenarios. Right? I watched I, Daniel Blake on a plane. I think I talked about films I watched on a plane last last time. You, you spent a lot of time, <laughs> on, lot planes, of time on planes, rubbing it in. They don't go anywhere. I just sit on the run. And uh, again, just like Marley and me... <laughs> she just really wants to watch stuff on a tiny screen. Um, and... Again, I just absolutely bawled my eyes out in yeah. I, Daniel Blake. I just found it so emotional. And I'm just such... I'm not, I'm not, not a crier. pretty crier. I'm not a pretty crier. You're not a pretty crier. I'm an ugly crier. You're an ugly crier. <laughs> and so, you know, when I'm watching something like that, it's not a pretty sight. Let's talk about something that did make people cry then. It made your staff BBC cry in midsummer. We got to talk about that. Yes. Oh, okay. man, this right. was good. This is... I mean, this is not the film I was expecting to go and see. Is this you might the have seen... second movie from Ari Aster? Or is it just the second it's after It's the second that everyone's... Popular? You know that, that everyone's talked about. I, I, I don't know. I've not heard of, of him before. No. Uh, hereditary. No, and absolutely. This is obviously the follow-up kind of. Yeah, and what a follow-up! Sometimes oh. you kind of di- you dive and bomb a little bit on your follow-up, mm. don't you? But this one is very much the opposite. Of sometimes that, so. you Southland tales. Sometimes you under the Silver Lake. Indeed. Sometimes, however, you can Midsummer, and you that's re- a very good result. <laughs> it is. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Midsummer yep. follows the story of a group of American PhD students. They're invited by one of their mates on a trip to a once-in-a-lifetime uh, Midsummer festival. Like literally, it's once every ninety years. Once or every something? ninety yeah. years, it's crazy. Um, in a remote Swedish village, but. When they get there, they soon learn that this kind of carefree summer holiday in this land of eternal sunshine (laughs) takes an incredibly sinister tone and 
becomes much, much more (laughs) disturbing. (laughs) Have we got a clip? We've we've got a clip. Right, it's it's, it's a trailer clip because they were no actually, they were all very visual clips. So we've got a trailer clip with that uh, that wonderful score in there for you as well. What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. It's got a very uh, bad weekend at Coachella vibe going on there, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to make another sound for you, which is related to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that comes up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. This was just twisted at times. This got under my skin more than any horror movie, I think, in the last decade. The best horror movie of the year for me, definitely. Really? I mean, setting a horror movie in broad daylight. All of it. Like, literally all of it, isn't it? Yeah, blue skies, idyllic setting. (laughs) How on earth does this work? Well, and also, let's not ignore the fact it's two hours, 20 minutes long. Yeah. I didn't, to be honest, once I was watching it and I was engaged, I didn't care. I I do understand that you could lop out a lot of... uh, Filler uh, material, I, I looked at my watch and I was surprised to see that I was probably an hour and 50 minutes in comfortably. Oh, okay. Um, but that last half hour, we all knew what was coming. We knew, we knew. You kind of could have lopped that off and just condensed oh. it a bit. But I think this, this movie rests totally on the performances of the brilliant cast. So we've got oh, Florence yeah. Pugh, who plays Danny in this. And so what she does is she she essentially comes from essentially a family tragedy and needs a bit of escapism, so joins her her boyfriend Christian, played by Jack Train Jack Rayner? Jack, Jack Rayner. Jack, Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner. I'm thinking Jack, Jack Rayner. from Transformers. <laughs> yeah, from Transformers. He has a special place in cinematic history for me because he's the man who invented cinemas laminated it's okay to commit statutory rape card. Remember? Oh, that happened. That happened. Okay. And we let it happen. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So Jack Rayner from Jack Sing Ra- Street. Jack Rayner from Sing Street. Let's not get that confused. Um, and then we've got Will Poulter, who I was just telling Van earlier, I, I managed to bump into uh, yesterday. Oh, and I know. And I said to him, I just had to stop him and say, hey, I just reviewed Midsummer, and I thought it was brilliant. And your character, Mark, was hilarious and he said to me am I allowed to swear on this am I allowed to say no No. okay well he said he's a bit of a W and (laughs) (laughs) and I said well I get that Yes, yeah, rhymes with enough, bankers, yeah. Enough. And I said, do you know what? Every group of friends has got a mark in it. And I think oh, yeah. you've played it really, really well. And mm. so he was just so gracious about this. Because I think, in some respects, this is a little almost indie movie that is mm. going to... It's resting on these brilliant new actors. And I say they're new. We know them. But they are the they rising are, stars, They are the rising though, stars. Yeah. And they are doing so well. And they hold this together because as we talked about it earlier with, with Will Porter, the British subtlety that he brings to an American character. Oh, yeah. It's that level of restraint. He yeah. keeps it from going too obnoxious, too yeah. Sean William Scott Absolutely. kind of a thing. But I, I love this. I would say about this movie, I've never winced so much in a, in a movie in my life. I <laughs> yeah, mean, the, the they do not it, hold yeah. back on the gore on this. I was sat I was sat in the opposite corner of the screen. Oh, no, no, I was sat in the same row as you. I was, yeah. You're in the middle and I was at the far end. I was end. staying far away from you I was this. sat next to <laughs> Dan Carrier from the Camden New Journal. Oh, right. And yep. uh, I, I, I sit with him in a few screenings and we always have a good, we love a good time in a screening. And it's it was one of those where we were just climbing the walls and just, oh my God, yeah. they, they're doing this. This movie 
goes there. It does. I mean, hereditary hereditary was extreme at times. This really pushes that to the next level. So I think film lovers will really enjoy this for what it is. It's like a heart back to the 70s horror. It takes its time. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But for new general audiences, my team at the BBC, who were supposed (laughs) to go see Toy Story, um, they were in for some hell of a shock. (laughs) And you know what? It was a great shot. Great shot. A great shot to the system that I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of. I I had a great time with it. Very, very good follow-up to Hereditary. Absolutely. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and, well, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the Roof Garden myself. They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. And we're back. So, uh, should we take it to the small screen, Miss Perfect? Yes, I love the selection because it's always a bit bonkers that's on the small screen, isn't it? I know. Well, that's the great thing. You get to be a bit eclectic and just revisit the movies you like. It's not like back in my day where you only had four channels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but do you remember? I think we both would have been teenagers, like early teens, when they introduced Channel 5. Oh, and I waited for ages watching that static image of the Spice Girls, like yeah. breaking out of like a Looney Tunes kind of setting. It was a whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was a weird yeah, time. I never in the sat 90s. there. And sto- it's like watching paint dry. It literally yeah. was, but I was mesmerised. Going, when are they going to come on? So uh, let's uh, let's kick off our seven day TV guide then with a look at uh, ITV. I think we've got ITV One on Saturday night at nine fifty five pm. Yes. and this is a classic. isn't I it? I mean, Piers Brosnan. This is this is one of the Bond movies that again. It fits with my youth. Was it, did you say 95? 95. Golden 95, Eye. 95, Golden Eye, yes. So, you know, you get the movie, you get the N64 game. Yeah, That's you do. I know. And I used to, I, I've got a group of really good guy friends who, <laughs> those summers, we would just go and sit there and I'd have to sit there and watch them play Golden Eye because I'm actually rubbish at it. And I'm like, oh. I don't understand. Oh, Golden Eye. And it still holds up. They keep reissuing it yeah, to consoles It's like now. a massive nostalgic thing. The movie that I absolutely love. I do as well, yeah. It's amazing that the Bond series went on for so long. So I think GoldenEye is the 18th, I think, Bond yeah. movie. It's amazing is that... Is this the... with Terry Hatchett? No, Terry no. Hatchett was the follow-up. Yeah, okay. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. Famke Janssen and yes. Olivia Skrupka. Yeah. And uh, th- this one was the 18th, and, it's the o- and it took them 18 films to get around to the idea of Bond fights evil Bond. Yes. Yeah. How weird is that? And it turned out, getting Sean Bean to do it, perfection. Yeah, and getting Tina Turner to do the soundtrack. Written by Bono and The Edge, that song, you know. Really? Yeah, they wrote that. Wow. That is just a random-ass thing. Interesting that they didn't decide to perform it. I mean, nobody... I mean, merciful that they didn't. But come on, Tina, like, you know, we're not going to... She's so good, isn't she? Yeah, she is. I love Tina. Never gets ranked among the better Bond songs, but... I, I don't know why, uh, but I love this film. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, uh, Famke Janssen, one of my favourite Bond girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, okay. So uh, this one, speaking of the mid-90s, we're actually sticking in 95 for our next choice as well. Is this what I think it is? This is going to ITV2 now, Sunday afternoon, 2.35pm. It is Casper, the friendly ghost. Oh my God, with Christina Ricci. With Christina Ricci. And do you know who played Casper in human form? Um, Yes, Devon Sawyer. Devon Sawyer. Is, is it Sawyer? I thought it was, it was Sawyer. Sour. Oh, okay. Ah, I've always called him I've Sour. I've always called him... Well, that, maybe that's you being jealous of him, because he's this... Uh, oh, no, no, no. Hey, he, he was, was the a... villain in Escape Plan 3 this last week. Trust oh, okay. me. I ain't oh, well, nothing. he's still going. He's <laughs> still going. I that was really patronising. I, I do apologise. I jealous of. <laughs> I promise you I've aged better than he has. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know... I loved this movie. Who this, didn't? 
this movie so cute wasn't it, it was so cute and it was and she you know again from Wednesday Adams to, <laughs> to this Christina Ricci is one of Ricci I call her Ricci but um, she is one of my favourite actresses she has taken on so many different roles again and it's, yeah. I've got so much respect and time for those child actors who cleverly progress into mm. an adult actor and you know she was doing a bit on, on telly on Prime recently um, I thought it was quite oh a, yeah I think kind of the one the Zelda is it Zelda it was like a Southern like Belle that. kind of oh, okay. thing that no, she did. I and, I, you know, I was like, it was different again. You know, remember when she did like the opposite of sex and stuff? I thought there was really good choices that she'd made. And as a child star, she was so wise beyond her years. And you <laughs> kind of saw this both in the Addams Family, but also in this And she movie. went through that weird phase, though, where she had like a bobble head when she went like ridiculously skinny on Ally McBeal. And it was like, oh, yes. that, that show was like a competition. Of she who did could look, look like one of those brat dolls, didn't she? She did. <laughs> But, you know, years later, Chloe Moretz would perfect the Bratz doll look. Yes, but uh, in the movie Carrie, no less. But, but yeah. if you haven't, if you are a fan of 90s movies and you haven't watched Casper in a oh, while, God, I would so I'm, urge I'm you to revisit it. Yeah, I, I just, it, it is it is our childhood. It right? is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And also, there's a great Ghostbusters gag in there that actually gets a good cameo as well. Oh. It was, do you not remember Dan Aykroyd turned up as, you know as an actual Ghostbuster? Now you say it. Now you say it. Oh my God, I do remember. (laughs) Right, okay then. Over to Monday. This is one of my favourite horror movies of the last decade. Uh, Splice, which is on the Horror Channel at 9pm. You're going to have to educate me on this. So Splice comes to us from Vincenzo Natale, who went on to direct things like Open Windows. and Still going today, still quite a good little horror director. This movie starred uh, Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly as a pair. uh, They were a couple, but also uh, lab partners. They were geneticists. And they break the laws of... Uh, that you know that they have to that they're you know forced to obey in genetic engineering and create a new life form in violation say, of these laws and have to raise it as their child in secret. So Frankenstein. Frankenstein with a with an actual kid. Sci-fi. Mm, a little bit sci-fi horror, but some great creature effects in there. Okay. Uh, great performances. It just it's amazing looking. It's got a really sexy, scary look to it. Uh, I had a great time with this when it came out. I think I actually went back to the pictures and saw it a few times. I actually it was in the it. it was at the pictures. It was. <laughs> it was about not straight to telly. Wow. About two thousand nine, I think it was as oh, well. All right, so not that long ago. Not that long ago at all. Uh, but yes, absolutely worth checking out. Definitely okay. put on that. So that is Splice on the Horror Channel on Monday, nine pm. Uh, switching over to Five Star Tuesday night, ten pm. Oh, nice. Bit, okay. of, bit of Michael. Bit of Five Kane, Star. Actually. Oh, yes. A bit of, sorry, I thought you were saying that Splice was on both channels. I was like, oh, double. So clearly, there's an audience across there's, the yeah, board. Clearly. Um, Harry Brown. Um, remember this one? This was 2009 as well, Slap actually. on the wrist. I've never watched this. Well, this was just Death Wish with Michael Caine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love Michael Caine. What more do you need for a movie concept I'd than watch that? anything with Michael Caine. I just think it just passed me by a little bit. Would you bit. watch Jaws the Revenge again? No. No? See? See? <laughs> I, I knew I could poke holes Damn in that. <laughs> um, Harry Brown. Uh, I just imagine he's got some one-liners. Oh, yeah. It's a bit, mm-hmm. it's a bit Michael Caine. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's kind of like Death Wish versus <laughs> British Council of State hoodies. It's kind of like is that. It, is it a movie that maybe Michael Caine regrets? Mm, probably. Okay. Probably. But people do remember him in this. So that there is that I always remember it it is talked about. So it's yeah. not something that went under the radar. So it was enjoyed by a certain proportion of the population. <laughs> <laughs> certain portion. Well, you know, it's on five stars. It kinda of tells you where they're trying to pitch it. Uh, let's go rom com then next. Okay. Let's go, uh, the rewrite. The rewrite. So this is rom com. This is uh film for Wednesday afternoon, six fifty PM to ten to seven. Uh this starred Hugh Grant and Marissa Tomei. Oh, two Okay. So, yeah, what a pairing. I know, right? 
Why have I not seen this? Um, Hugh Grant, five, bumbling, five years ago, bumbling British idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. bumbling British idiot. Marissa yeah. Tomei. If you haven't seen her recently, go and watch Spider-Man: Far From Home. She, oh yeah, I, I love her as Aunt May. She's this. so good, isn't she's she? She's so good, and she so plays the kind of. She laughs at herself being like the hot aunt. In yeah, this, yeah, I like that. I yeah. like how fun that is. It was really good. Um, so a good realistic pairing of romance in well this? he's a failed author he's, or he's an author who's fallen on hard times who takes like an English teaching job in right. a local college and she's one of his students and they, they form a little bit of a, she's one of his students she's one of his because it's like a you know for adults college oh. yeah and uh, she's, you know, they have a little bit of a romance thing. It, it is what it is but All right, Love it's Island. Perfectly <laughs> fine, you know. He's what it is. Okay, fine. All right. Well, uh, I mean, in Hugh Grant's entire repertoire, where it's do we? Not one it? of the better ones. Okay, well there we it's go. Better than Did you hear about the Morgans? Yeah. Okay, fine. Or Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh no, I love Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh God, no. I love how bad it is. I thought you were doing your funny run. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, Coming up next on Thursday, we've got Jason Bourne. What channel's that on? Uh, This is on Film 4. In fact, the last three of these are on Film 4, actually. So, Jason Bourne, uh, Film 4, Thursday night, 9 pm. Did you see this one? This was the most recent Bourne. Yes. In fact, I went to to the premiere of this. Did you? Is this the one with Alicia Vikander? Yes, yes it is. Yes. Alicia Vikander gets introduced in this one. We pronounce stuff so differently, don't we? We, we do, yeah. But okay, it's, it's fine. Tomato, tomato, let's yeah. pull the whole thing off. Um, yeah, I did. I did see this. Uh, Julia Stiles as well. Yeah, Julia Stiles is in bit. it. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I think, was in this one, wasn't okay. he? Okay, I think so. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and Riz Ahmed are in this one. Oh, remember? Yes. Riz Ahmed. I ran into him recently at Soho Screening Rooms. Nice. Yeah, before one of our screens, which was just there with some really facile PR people. But classic. Yeah, but uh, nice chat. That's yeah. very nice. Do you know what? I really like the Jason Bourne series. I think yeah. I, I think they work. I want to um, try the Renner one again though, because I, I only saw it yeah, once. Yeah, and I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, are they going to make any more? Are they? You know, is Matt Damon kind of a bit like over it? Oh, I think he'll come back to it in about ten years and do another generational like Logan style sequel. Do a Tom Cruise like Never Stop. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'll do a sort of Unforgiven type. Revisit to it later on okay. down the line. Of it. So anyway, let's uh, finish off the week. Then we'll stick on, we'll stick with film four for uh, Friday night, ten to eleven. So ten fifty p.m. Don't breathe. Interesting. Yeah. Did you? You must have seen this when it came out. This was, uh. <laughs> we. I know we've been working together in, that, in this amount of time. So don't breathe was two thousand sixteen. Okay. Uh, Fede Alvarez directing. Who went on to do the uh, Guild of the Dragon Tattoo reboot yep. recently. Uh, Stephen Lang, blind man in a house. His house is being robbed. He traps them in and hunts them. What's not to love? This movie's awesome. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So creepy, terrifying, jumpy, violent, horrifying, everything. Absolutely. If you've not seen it, absolutely see no. Don't Breathe. There we go. That's so what I'm good. doing this weekend. There you go, then. So that is your seven-day TV guide. Let's take, a, let's take a beat. We'll come back. We'll hit the home end releases as well for the week. And we're back for one last ride. So... Let's look at the uh, the home end picks for the week then, Miss Perfect. So, uh, what we got coming out this coming Monday? Anything anything of note that you think? Uh, well, I don't know if this is of note. <laughs> <laughs> On DVD and Blu-ray, yeah. we got Fisherman's Friends. I liked Fisherman's Friends. That was so I didn't note. catch it because I looked at the poster and was like, I'm not watching this. Oh, uh, it it's had about charm. a choir of fishermen. I know, but no, this was a whole thing. It was a true story. It was I based thought on... it was about 
It was based the on sweets. No, it was based on true. This is that was that's obviously the gag, isn't it? But uh, it's a true story of the actual fishing choir group who uh, they sang did this melt, sea shanties and things. Did and this they, melt your heart? It was charming. It didn't melt my heart, but it, it, it didn't melt the cinema's heart. Don't you no, that? it did not. It did, did not it? set anything alight. <laughs> well, I know loads of older people in like you know IRL who, who went and saw this. Actually, saw this in cinemas. I was kind of impressed, to oh, be honest. Okay. Yeah, I it's, think it's a whole oh. section of a, a topical section of news that probably missed a lot of people because they don't really care. Nah, well, this is the thing. so it was it, it was a movie that had an appeal for people who knew the true story, which you know obviously all ten of them. small yeah all ten of them had had that appeal. But <laughs> God, it also I'm feeling mean today. <laughs> also, people who just like sort of you know Cornwall and that kind of area. So Kermode would loved it, yeah, you know, because Cornwall kind of region, and also. Just anyone who wanted a movie that was like having a big fluffy jumper wrapped around you whilst you sat and watched the boats off the end of the pier. Let me just explain something. Go on. If I don't watch movies like this when they're out at the cinema... <laughs> you never gonna. It's, it, no, 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 no. It's, the reason is because I don't think they're necessarily going to hit big at the cinema. My job is mm. to do what the big hit is to watch and review the big hitters. I so tried stuff taking like this, that gamble, but it never works out. I know, but uh, you know, I have to... There's only so many hours in the day. Mm. And when you oh, give yeah, me a I title totally called Fisherman's Friend... And it's not got Aquaman on it. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna. Right, I don't uh, think it's gonna wash. Excuse the pun. How about I give you the most basic ass title, and you tell me if you'd indulge this one? How about the aftermath? Kira Knightley, right? Kira Knightley. Yep. Uh, this one. Uh, the only reason why I haven't seen this is because I was away. Mm. Um, I was intrigued by it, but I think this fell flat in itself as well. There's like a massive saturation. This didn't of movies take off. This one, no. It didn't catch on. It didn't. Cr- it didn't cross over and be- into that into real success. I don't think with audiences. It's a pretty standard boilerplate period piece post-war romance. Right. She's the stifled British wife. He's the you know. Uh, Kira Knightley playing Kira Knightley again. Yeah, Kira Knightley plays uh, you know a stifled <gasps> wife in a period piece. The appeal piece. of Kira Knightley. And then I... she has to bone a blonde German dude who you know looks like a god and. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those. Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård, yeah. It's yeah. funny how when you describe that, I knew exactly yeah. who you were talking about. <laughs> Blonde beefcake looks like a god. Yep, well, it's it. either him or Hemsworth, isn't it, really? One of the two. One of the two. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Kira Knightley, uh, un- the problem with her is that she, when she plays her her typical casting type, mm. everyone knows what they're going to get. Of and there's course, nothing, And yeah. it's just like, that. how, you know. Anyway. Actually, I, you know what? You say you know what you're going to get. She did a nude scene in this one. Did not expect that. Oh, really? Yeah. How often does Kira Knightley do nude scenes? She does topless scenes. Is she fully eh. nude? But no, no, he's topless. He's topless. Okay, but fine. We're um, going full Mr. Skin now, aren't we? Sorry. We'll, we'll sorry. move on. We'll move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. right. I'll stop uh, my Kira rant for a bit. Yeah, okay, you stop hating on Ms. Knightley. Well, I mean, she was lovely. I'm sure she is lovely, but there are so many more talented actors out there that deserve certain roles. Carla Gugino, indeed, yes. Okay. Let's talk that about uh, movies coming to streaming platforms this week. And I think these are all come to Netflix on Friday the 12th this week. Okay. So all of our picks just happen to land on the same day on the same platform now i've watched the first of these it is after oh and i do love it when you've got a movie that you absolutely adore and i've just i just have this feeling that with after you're gonna be singing its praises to the high heavens i'm just i'm literally you're literally clawing at the table table thinking about this movie it's so bad (laughs) 
It's so bad that I actually think people should watch it so we can all collectively, as a culture, mock it. It's based on the novel by Anna Todd, right? I use the term novel in the loosest possible sense. What it actually was, this was created, this was released, uh, written and released one chapter per day on a platform called Wattpad or something, which is like a fan fiction kind of site. Right. And was apparently written about Harry Styles from One Direction. You have just thrown the biggest curveball yeah. I can possibly imagine there. I mean, <laughs> my, my care for Harry Styles is, is very minimal, but oh, <laughs> let alone to make a whole movie oh. that is based around this. But in the, same way, in the same way, right, that Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fanfic, yeah. this is One Direction fanfic. Like, literally, that's what it's been created as, right? So it's an hour 45... Sorry, is this straight fanfic? No, 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 no. They they changed the names and things in the same way that Fifty Shades of Grey changed the names, obviously, of those characters. Okay. Right, so this uh, is the story of a young woman who uh, falls for a guy at college... A, uh, with a classical British accent, bit of a bad boy, speaks entirely in classic literature, and uh, his name is Harden. And uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I tell you what, I'm, that that classic English that name, classic English name, Harden. I say that again. The male love interest in this movie is named Harden. Here's a clip. Oh Truth or dare? Truth. Craziest place you've had sex? Um, fast. Why? It's an easy one. Wait. Are you a virgin? <laughs> I'll do dare. Dare. I dare you to make out with heart. She won't do it. Oh, she will, because he's a dreamboat. Sorry, oh. is Harden English? Harden is English, yes. And the rest of the characters are American. Yeah, he's he's the son of the dean. I don't know. I think it's it's. I think it's laid out that his mum was English. His dad, incidentally, is played by Peter Gallagher. What? Yeah. As in Sandy OG Cowan. OC. Sandy Cowan. <laughs> Sandy bloody Sandy Cowan. Cowan. Yes, Sandy Cowan. So, um, yeah, he's. I mean, everyone in this is terrible. Hero finds. Apart Tiffin. from Peter Gallagher, he can't be terrible. Well, well ish though. Uh, Hero finds Tiffin plays our Harden. And uh, do you know who Hero Finds Tiffin is? Absolutely not. What a name. The nephew of Ray Fiennes and the young actor who played Tom Marvolo Riddle in the Harry Potter movies. He was young Voldemort, you know. Right. Yeah. And he grew up to be a dreamboat. Uh, Josephine Langford is our female lead here. She's the younger sister of Catherine Langford Uh from 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, about as good an actress and I'd say a little cuter. Anyway, so... uh, (laughs) It's a terrible, terrible movie. Never is ever it te- seen it. Is it a terrible movie because you are not a 15-year-old girl? No, 15-year-old girls would find this patronising. Genuinely. Okay. I, I, can, I think you 12 would be the oldest age for a young girl to be to, to I think, properly fall into there this. Was, there was a movie over Christmas, which yeah. was like a one with Vanessa Hudgens in it, who... Uh, where she played like so, everyone said it was so bad and it was um, she was like a baker and then she went and found this guy who was like a prince in Switzerland or somewhere well no, I'm going to look this one up now but it was like it oh was, is that the, the Christmas prince or whatever it was that yeah movie, Netflix. that one Netflix right yeah. everyone said it was horrific okay oh. but did you enjoy it the 15 year old girl in me was just like oh it wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah I'm sure you gelled back Koosh playing teenager you uh, it's, it's the ever love story that let's, you we've, not, we've not seen this either of us by the way but we've got to point out that Point Blank opens this day as well on Netflix this is a new action thriller starring Anthony Mackie and Frank Grillo so Marvel 
But in Marvel terms, and Marvel. yeah, Marvel terms, they'd be Crossbones and Falcon. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Anthony Mackie plays an, an ER, an ER doc, an ER nurse. I think yep. who gets taken hostage, whose, whose wife gets taken hostage, pregnant wife gets taken, and he's uh, threatened. He has to help uh, facilitate the escape of a convict who's played by Frank Grillo, and the pair are being hunted. Um, it's uh, it looks is interesting. Frank Grillo Good. in the Punisher? Is he the Punisher? No, he no. should have been though. Yeah. Uh, no, he's he's the guy. He's actually going to star in the American remake of The Raid, which. <gasps> interested by sorry Can, do they have they did that with dread they <laughs> yeah i know i know but apparently they found a way to do it differently that's something they've said uh, how I'll else do you storm a tower block with from, ninjas? from the top <laughs> yeah. from the top down this time that's what it is that's the twist <laughs> uh, our final pick then for streaming releases is a uh, friday or friday the 12th also sees the uh debut on netflix for the theory of everything oh i love this film the oscar-winning movie about uh St- stephen hawking as played by eddie redmayne in the most eddie redmayning performance of anyone doing an eddie redmayne in the history of eddie redmayning yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Brilliant performances. I mean, that was Oscar-worthy, to be fair. It was. Uh, Felicity Jones, also brilliant in this, worth the nomination she was, that she got. Yeah. But I love this film because, for me, I remember watching it, and then it's the point at the end when you see him as Stephen Hawkins, as we recognise him mm, yeah, now. Yeah. The, co- the, the, the sort of iconic... The iconic off, yeah. view of him. And, and I actually didn't couldn't tell the difference. And really? I thought that... Yeah, at, for a split second. He Brandon Routh you, is that what it was? He did, he did, yeah. 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 And, and and I think it works really well. So if you if you don't know anything about Stephen Hawkins, who are you? And But you should watch this because it's a good biopic. And also, you know, it's great performances, Oscar-worthy performances. Oscar-winning performances, wasn't it, yes. for Eddie Redmayne? In his award for Eddie Redmayne. Uh, so yeah, so check You're out. so cruel. You're almost <laughs> as cruel about Eddie Redmayne as I am back here in Nightly. I create life! <laughs> and I take it away. You know, just never forget. Followed quickly by yeah. the Danish girl. <laughs> yeah, never forget Jupiter ascending ever, ever. How possibly could we? Oh God, he's so, so awful. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check out Theory of Everything and uh, point, uh, point Blank, and after they are all on Netflix Friday, uh, July the twelfth. Uh, in the meanwhile, that gives me time to thank my guest for this week, Miss Rebecca Perfect. Oh, thank you so much. I've been Van Collins. This has been off screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. <laughs>